Welcome to Chief Evangelist. I'm your host, Ethan Butte. I'm on a mission to explore and understand the role of the Chief Evangelist and the movement behind it. How should founders, investors, and C-suites be thinking about it? How does it benefit the company? Which companies and markets need evangelism most? What does the work involve? What does success look like? And who's a good fit as a chief evangelist? That's what we're exploring at chiefevangelist.com and in conversations like this one, which is brought to you by Ringmaster Conversational Marketing and their evangelist-powered podcasting package. Learn more at ringmaster.com. Today, we're learning from the evangelist and go-to-market strategist at Reggie.ai, the generative AI platform for modern sales teams. She's leveraging her background in sales and business development and her passions for communication and community, along with an authenticity, solution orientation, and growth-mindedness, all with a touch of rebelliousness, to a relatively new and very unique evangelism role. Amelia Taylor, welcome to Chief Evangelist. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. I believe I reached out to you at one point saying, hey, I want to come join you and I want to learn from you and you're doing the right things and I've heard your name a whole lot. So I am pumped to be here. I'm really glad that um, there's a community building around this. I think maybe um, this podcast and what I've been doing has been a touch point for a number of folks, but it's fun also to know how many other people you're talking to. And so like, they're yeah. all of us kind of pocketed around thinking about things in a similar way, um, all in kind of diverse expressions of an evangelist role. Uh, and it's just been an absolute joy and privilege to uh, to take some time and to get some time from you and other people that we both know and like and respect yeah. and have learned from um, to share with other people, too. I think there's uh, a lot of opportunity here. I'm excited to get into your vision and your excitement for the concept of evangelism. You bring it. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, they are a very specific and distinct sales and biz dev kind of mindset to it. Other other people come from an education mindset. Not that you're not educating, but uh, like I love your story too. And um, before we, I guess, to start getting into it, uh, I'm going to open where we always do, Amelia, which is the most important job of an evangelist. As you were thinking about creating this role or stepping into it, um, and now that you've been in it, how are you thinking about it? The biggest thing is you have to go where your buyers live and being present there and actually being human, showing up and just being yourself and being a peer, being a friend to your buyer because that's how buyers are buying. But not just that, you're spreading the good word of what you're doing. That's evangelism broken down, right? Spreading the good word. But doing it in a way where you're just, you're just you. You're showing up as you, but you have the EQ and the IQ to go along with it so you know how to how to talk to people in the best way how to communicate in the best style with how the approaches you know who they are you know a cro you're going to talk to differently than the sdr manager right so knowing how to position certain conversations and i call that kind of the street smarts the eq if you will and then there's the iq knowing what to say and how to say it and the delivery of what your solution can solve for um, but the problem space that you're in wherever they're living and talking about it with, you know, amongst their peers. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I, we're hearing a lot more of this idea of living in market, sometimes even put in contrast with going to market, just like right. living in market is language that I'm hearing more and more often. So it's really exciting to hear you offer that right off the top. 
And I feel like the IQ and EQ aren't just something that you bring to it, but that in fact that they're enhanced, developed, tested, validated by being in market. Has that been your experience? 100%. I mean, it's it's the being in it. You said it right there. It's being in market, right? It's living in market. And you got to navigate the streets a bit, right? Like when you were out there and you're trying to figure out, okay, where's my next best step? Where do I pivot? What do I do in this conversation? This person's asking this, okay, in this community per se. Then what is my next best step? Should I respond to them? Should I loop someone else in? Is it a CRO, CRO, CEO, CEO? Should I tag my CEO in this? And, you know, and that's been something that, you know, another vandal that I've chatted with who I've learned a ton from, uh, who I thought, okay, I'm going to be coming to you with a ton of questions as I kind of create this role where he came to me and was like, hey, what do you think about this idea of having CEOs and CEO conversations first? And I thought, I'm so humbled by the fact that you think that I know what I'm doing over here. And the role went, you know, it, it is, we're just figuring it out as we go to, because it is such a new role and it is. Um, up and coming and people are trying to figure out, you know, people think it's, there's the dark social aspect of it and it's evangelism. So it's the good and evil, if you will, but it's also not the evil. It's all good. It's the, the evil part is figuring out the attribution, right? Okay. Let's figure out how do we get this dark social attribution of understanding where our people live, where are they at, where are we having the best conversations and um, where's revenue coming from with those conversations being had, but you know, all in all, I I know that this is where the future's going with how people are going to be interacting with each other. Buyers are going to be buying. Uh, sellers are going to have to learn to start thinking more like marketers because that's the name of the game right now is people first. So much good stuff in there. And you forecasted so many places I want to go. Just the tagging piece. I want to talk about your use of LinkedIn. You're actively getting involved in deals, which... Some of us are in in different ways, but probably not quite to the same extent that you are. Uh, you forecasted a conversation around dark social as well, which we've only done once on this show with Arthur Castillo. You forecasted uh, revenue attribution slash success measure. I want to get into all of that, but where I want to go like immediately is like, when did this term evangelism, evangelist, when did it come onto your radar and how did you receive it? My feeling or my expectation is that as soon as you started to get a handle on it, you're like, oh, well, I've been doing this all along. Um, and, and now I have a name for it. But I'd love to hear, like, when did, like, to the best of your memory, when did this first come onto your radar? What was your reaction to it? And, um, and then we, maybe we'll bridge into how you wound up having that attached uh, to your role and work uh, at Reggie in particular. But start generally, like, high level. When did evangelism and evangelist roles come onto your radar? And what was your first reaction to it? I was selling... Um a lead gentle and then was kind of helping within a community with coaching some sales teams and was having conversations with um, a RevOps company and they were selling RevOps services. I did not realize I was trying to figure out at the previous company the lay of the land completely of understanding how marketing talks to sales and how um, I can play a part in CS, you know, also the expansion, how I can go and jump into the marketing meetings, very much so uninvited, but saying, hey, did you guys see this 
hey, we'll say blah, blah. Like, have you seen this email that they sent out? Like, this is like a great marketing play right here. Things like that to where I was just trying to puzzle piece all these things together and strategize and understand how things work. So I realized I was doing a little bit of rev ops. Did not realize that there was like process, 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 what they, you know, rev ops preaches. And so uh, that being said, joining a company. So I joined the company selling rev ops services um, and realized, okay, what I'm doing is very much so unorthodox. How I'm talking to people is unorthodox. The fact that I'm having this full deal being done through huddles alone in Slack is very unorthodox. And the fact that I knew strategy was the name of the game, it was a, okay, if it makes sense for them where they're at right now, if they have that little green circle and they're on, you know, within the community or they're on LinkedIn, hey, do you have like 10 minutes now? Let's just think up and real quick and let's just kind of get like an update of where we're at so we keep moving forward. Um, I realized that I was playing with evangelism being where I was just going and making friends more so with the buyers. Um, and evangelism being on my radar very much so because of Arthur Castillo and Nick Bennett, those two being um, two of the people who really, really helped me figure out what this means and sharing, hey, here's what I started with. Here's where I'm at now. Um, here's what the future looks like for me, I think, question mark. You know, we're all trying to still figure it out. And as the market shifts and whatnot, you know, we have to shift. We have to pivot because in a such a fluid role, you know, we're not in a box. It's where there's the fluidity of going, okay, here's where my time is best spent. Here's where my time is best spent. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Let me shift total full circle, let me see what's the next best app. So I think it's always going back to that. But to answer your question, Arthur Castillo, Nick Bennett, those two guys, they were just pioneering a lot of this. You as well, after receiving um, a gift of your book in the mail. And so when I received um, the Humor Center book, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I feel like this is me. I'm like, are you talking to me in this book? And so when I started reading that, I thought, I think this is what I want to be doing, but is this sales? And so that was a big question for me. Is this sales? And how do I get into this? What do I do next? Um, which led me to ultimately saying, okay, I'm going to become a free agent um, as a single mommy of two. And do not advise to everyone, but I bet on my network. You know, I bet on myself and my network because I knew that what I was doing was this evangelist role of spreading the good word, being friends with buyers, um, and having the EQ, IQ that it's going to bring together, understanding that it can't be a boxed in kind of position, which I've never been, even as a little girl, I was never able to be boxed in really, you know, but always challenging the system in a way. But challenging is a good thing. You know, I think there has to be, if you are in an evangelist role, you have to want to challenge things to learn what's the next best way to go about meeting your buyers and how, where are they, where are they talking? Maybe they're on Reddit threads. I don't know, you know, but then we go learn that, you know, you play there and you figure it out. Um, then that leads to the marketing side, right? That leads to, okay, maybe I am under marketing because marketing is constantly 
testing, iterating, um, you know, adopting these new strategies and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, so that's kind of what led me to Reggie of being a free agent, betting on my network, and then having uh, a Jared Robin. He did an intro to Rocco Savage, who's our VP of growth over here at Reggie. And it was within four or five days. They hired me and I was like, okay, this is, I didn't even know what I was getting into in the AI space. Had no clue. I don't think anybody did before what was to come and all the craziness. But it's fun and I enjoy it. And I think there's such a, I mean, I'm, let me go back to the very first thing you asked me. You know, what's one of the biggest things about evangelism? Passion. You have to have a passion for what you're doing in order to actually spread the good word in the very best way. And the passionate people are my kind of people. I mean, Arthur is, he's the passionate person when it comes, you've seen him on his elevator or whatever, his escalator talks, right? Like <laughs> there's passion behind what he's doing. And that led me to being like, I want to do this. I feel like I can do this and I think I am doing this. All right. So unorthodox, um, is this sales? Like I love so much. I mean, you covered a lot of ground there. Um, so I just want to double back on that really quickly. This idea, and this, this goes back to also kind of being in market and being adjacent to your buyers. Like, I'm not going to go through this stiff, stilted. Now my, my cadence tool says I need to leave a voicemail and send this email that was written for me that I'm going to air quote personalize um, and shoot yeah. out. I'm just going to like, their light's green. I'm just going to hit them up. Hey, I was thinking about you. I got a couple ideas and I got a couple questions. Like you had 10 minutes right now, right? It's just this, like, like we would do with a team member of ours, right? I do that all the time, both in Slack and in zoom is like, oh, they're light screen. I'm just going to zoom them up real quick and, and have a quick chat with them. And so it's this, it's this, um, that that's sadly what's unorthodox is that we're going to engage with these people the way that they're engaging with the other people that they work with. It's so interesting. And you also rate, this raises the tension of, we do want to put people and things in boxes because we want to, um, you know, honor the operating model. We want to know, we want to put everyone in their boxes. We want to stack the boxes in a particular way. And for every single box, we want to know, we put a dollar in here and we get a dollar 10 out in that box. We put a dollar in and we get a dollar 16 out in that box. We put a dollar in and we get a dollar 37 out. And in that box, we put a dollar in and get 82 cents out. You know, it's like, we want like, it's, it's this worship of, um, a very, I mean, it feels like at this point, kind of old fashioned approach to all of it. I understand why it's all necessary. Things this way, right? Like those yeah. words you could say in business, like we have always done things this way. And if it's that mindset of not accepting the change that has to occur. Yeah. So tell me about Reggie. Um, you said that that went pretty quickly. It came through an introduction. Um, talk about how that went out of the gate. Like, what do you think they were so receptive to and why do you think they were open to what we'll get into more detail on is I think a very unique and very flexible approach to facilitating deals like that. This is still, it's effective. Right. It's working. Um, you're involved in de deals pre-sale and post-sale. And again, we'll get into that, mm -hmm. but like, um, go, go back to the beginning. Like you get an introduction, they see something there and they want to move on it quickly. Um, what was that about for them, do you think? And how did you kind of set up, like, what is this role that I'll be doing? So I did a full switch up on them about a weekend. 
let me just say that for sure. So I joined Reggie solely for sales. That was the goal. And I already had in my mind, all right, I'm kind of burned out of this motion of this, you know, next step, we do this, 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 this. And I, you know, salespeople, when we were admins, I didn't want to update my sales force. I didn't want to do the thing, right? Like certain things. I just want to go and be out there and have the conversations and talk to people and learn as I go. And uh, knowing my strengths and kind of doing a SWOT analysis on myself too, and realizing this is, I'm sure, can I sell? Yes. Have I generated a good amount of revenue doing so over the course of my career? Yes. Is that really where my passion lies? I don't think so anymore. You know, I, I don't I don't think so, but it, can I still generate revenue and influence it and source it through where I'm going to be, where our buyers are at and being friends with them? Yeah, absolutely, because that's what I've been doing. So I joined Reggie and I, when I was going through the interview process, I kept kind of bringing up this evangelist role and I kept saying, you know, I would love for us to start kind of building the momentum of what that looks like. And then let me generate some revenue. Let me play in this sandbox too of this evangelism role and let me build what that may be the sandcastle of, you know, something beautiful that we can create that we don't even know what really it could become. Sure, it might get like washed down, you know, completely. Like we might, this sand might completely topple over. Let's rebuild then. That's the beauty of having like a beach, right? Like you can completely rebuild with all the sand of the world and try again. But I, I really, I mean, there was a script that I needed to learn. There was a lot of things that were very in the box. And I thought, I don't want to do the box. I don't, I don't want to do the box. I'm not, I'm, so I broke out of the box. And then I'm like, okay, now what, Amelia, what, what's your plan here? <laughs> so I go to um, our C, one of the CEOs, um, our co-founder and president, and I said, who is, he is very structured, very, very, very structured. Everything has been a certain way. There has not really been a focus on the marketing side, really, or the social side of things or community um, and engaging in a different way. It's been sales execution at its finest, and we are going to win that way, like, sales, 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 we are going to execute brilliantly and it's going to be enviable and it's going to be something that um, it's going to be, you know, very structured. And I'm over here calling rogue a strategy, right? So I'm like, okay, let me, um, let me go and pitch to this man my idea of being a bit rogue to someone who's very structured. And so first attempt it didn't go so well. So I will just say that right off the bat. So for anybody who's thinking about jumping into an evangelist role or trying to figure it out, I am happy to chat with anyone about that because I have gone and failed when the attempt of not having a game plan, first and foremost, when trying to understand what the role even entailed. Just thinking I could say, let me go out and play. Let me off my leash and let me go talk to the buyers, right? Like, let me go play. Let me go do my thing and there's no structure behind it. So first attempt, it was, okay, well, what does this really mean? What does this entail? You know, what are, what are the goals? What are, are there KPIs attached to this? Is this going to be, you know, who are we going to be reporting to? Where, you know, where's this going to come from? And so I said, okay, let me come back to you. Let me, let me, 
brainstorm a little bit more. Let me actually bring something to the table that's going to be valuable opposed to me just saying, hey, we're missing a piece of this puzzle right here that like this is going to be really beneficial if we do this. Okay, but do what? Okay, so let me come back. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. So I I put together about uh, like six buckets of focuses, like focus areas, and then five points underneath each of what I felt as though were the biggest influences that would really uh, drive revenue with those focuses. So, you know, community-led growth and um, advisor-led growth, working with the advisors to drive revenue too, just because there's the kind of influencer marketing, but through the advisor network that we have. And then also being ladies on between sales and marketing and having, you know, being a walking, talking bridge to our solution, but being out, you know, on the other side of the bridge and the solution being here and just kind of holding the hand of someone coming over and then joining that first demo too. So the trust is down, you know, I can have that first initial like, hey, like, tell me about your trip you just went on. Like, oh my gosh, like I saw the pictures on Instagram because we follow each other there because that's normal, right? So the, you know, it took about three attempts for it to be very solidified and then was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Let's do it. Let's see what we can kind of come up with. And it was still a little bit of hesitation. Uh, one of the first companies that I started talking to right away was Babel, the big language learning company. And they had a massive need for content creation and, through, and they were trying to leverage AI. They needed so many different um, language translations. I mean, so many things. And I'm like, I mean, we can help you. <laughs> so I didn't know I was talking to global CRO um, through a community. And so I'm like, okay, well, she's like, let me get my CEO too. So global CEO as well. They're both in a call with me. We get seven or eight stakeholders as well. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Game time. And so then they became a little bit more believers of maybe this does work if you just go out and you start saying, hey, I think I can help you. But you're also honest too. Like if I couldn't help them, I'm going to say, I don't know if this is going to be the best solution for you right now. And honestly, it's going to be the key for any kind of evangelist role too. You know, if if you... any sales role, right? You Somebody's going to call you out on your BS at some point. You can only BS for so long. But in an evangelist role, like if you're showing up just being totally transparent, what's saying like, let me be a soundboard. Like, sure, maybe I can help. Maybe I can't. I'm sure I can. And the goal being to help and the goal being revenue. But I'm not going to be sneaky about it, right? It's the, it's the trust factor completely. Yeah, and that's the key to effective engagement in these communities, I think. Um, so, so by the way, I just want to restate um, so I'm clear on it. And so for folks listening are too, a few like super powerful pieces that you landed at when you had to come back to someone who's very um, process oriented and, and rightfully so. Um, mm-hmm. Community, participating in communities, being out where the buyers are to understand their language, to be introduced to other people, to engage in conversation, and essentially to start sourcing some sales conversations, um, and then being the bridge into into the proper sales channels. Um, So there's that bridge from market into the organization, into a sales conversation. I also heard uh, that you all have a a group of advisors or, you know, people who are out uh, available to spread the message, influence the market, communicate your message, et cetera. That needs some coordination. Um, and certainly you, you're in a unique position to do that. 
Um, and those people are out in some of the same communities and probably some different communities because of the, you know, the selective strategic nature, perhaps, of who those advisors are and kind of what aspects of the market that they cover. Um, and then also even bridging sales and marketing internally. I think that's a unique uh, situation that I don't think we can take for granted. It's not just up to, um, let's say, a head of marketing and a head of sales, whether it's a CMO or a VP sales or a VP marketing or whatever. Like, we can't just take that for granted that it's going to happen. And so um, I think assigning that in some way and tasking someone with some activities that drive some better alignment and communication is a thing. Um, it sounds like a role that um, it certainly has some diversity in it, uh, but I think one of the benefits that you have in your role there is a, you had to two, three round justify it to someone who really needed it justified. So that, that makes it a much stronger position. It's not like, a, oh yeah, that sounds good. And I have a whole bunch of ideas in my mind and you think, right. that sounds good. You have a bunch of ideas in your mind and there's a big gap there. It's like you, you really dialed into something. Um, and it's, it's so unlike a lot of the rest of us, it's even more revenue adjacent. And I think it's in part because you were a seller and your buyer uh, is buying on behalf of sellers. Um, and so there's just like a, um, a really nice union there. I feel like you're in a really good spot. Um, do I understand correctly that you were initially going to be reporting into sales until this evangelism thing emerged and now you're reporting into marketing mm -hmm. and you're working some pre-sale, post-sale? Talk about kind of like what uh, what a day or a month looks like, um, like a, a or a week, you know, like yep. what, is it, what does a good period of time look like for you? Like, what are you doing in that period? No, that's a great question. That's a very great question because that's the fluidity of, you know, it is so fluid. Where's my time being spent to actually drive the revenue? And is it sales marketing? Where am I going? But yes, you're correct. I mean, it was initially reporting into sales and that was the goal. And then they kind of, okay, here you go. Here's, you know, here's Amelia. <laughs> take her over to marketing but i'm still having conversations with each of the members on the sales team weekly you know we're having like a 10 minute little sync of like hey key accounts where are we at like who do i know and how can i kind of bridge this into having a conversation or an intro or it being me just kind of facilitating this and saying hey i'm gonna bring my buddy over here on the call too like he's gonna know a little bit more than me you know whatever it may be and driving those, the relationships I've already previously created um, or people that have sold to before who have said, hey, and they popped in my inbox, tell me what Reggie is. Like, what are you guys doing? And that was really one of the driving forces behind bringing up this evangelist role so quickly too, was I was having a lot of people asking me, who is Reggie? What is Reggie? Can I trial this? Like, what are you doing over there? Tell me more. And with that, I'm like, all right, I need to go out there and go talk to them right now. I can't just sit on my back and just think, okay, well, let me learn this long script and then let me have every bit of product knowledge in the entire world. Yes, I totally believe product knowledge is absolutely important, but I believe the relationships are going to trump that when you have enough knowledge with the specific individual that you're talking to based off of what their persona is, knowing how to talk to them, you know, if it's marketing or if it's sales with the solution that I have, you know, knowing how to present that to them and then having sales, that's sales job, right? Like to be able to, let me let them do their job. Let me do my job. 
and let's play nicely together and drive revenue in that sense. Um, it was where marketing is so Nina Butler, she was the uh, she was VP of marketing over at um, Alice for a while. Then she joined us over at Reggie. I heard nothing but amazing things about her before I met her. So Nick Bennett was one of the uh, people who was like, she is a goddess. She is one of the people that if you have the chance to learn from her, you are in one of the best places ever. Like you have no idea. So my first, uh, or Nina's first week working at Reggie, we're in our Miami office. And so I drive down to Miami from Tampa and I get to know her and I'm like, wow, this, she is smart. Like, holy, I don't even know what words she's talking about, but I'm just listening. And I'm like full, this notebook's full, like by like day two, you know, I'm thinking, I don't even know what I wrote down, but I think that's the word she said, because I don't know marketing lingo right now, but I'm learning. And so she was so gracious and understanding, but also very much so let's figure this out. Like, let's figure out what this role is and let's really consolidate what we're going to be doing and break this down into these parts of here's where our biggest focus and revenue drivers can be. And let's take two at a time. These two are going to make the two buckets right here. These make the most sense. But also, Amelia, what do you like to do? You know, what is it that you enjoy doing? Because that's the passion behind it too. So that was the question that she probed as well. And then she said, write your own job description. Just write what you would want it to be. And I think that was a really, that was an awesome exercise for me because I had to sit down and think, okay, what am I doing? Where is my day being set? What do I want it to look like? And not everyone has the opportunity to really go and do that. I do believe a lot more people could if they took a chance and went in the organization and said, we're missing this. And this is what, you know, showing examples of what other companies are doing. And then even having numbers that say, hey, over there, what they're doing, you know, I know that there's um, X amount of revenue that they're creating because Amelia's there. There's X amount that if Amelia wasn't there, they would not be having, you know, things like that. And having something that's like the proof of value behind it, not just this concept. And uh, that being a big force. But Hey, thanks for listening to Chief Evangelist. For so many reasons, podcasting is a great opportunity and channel for evangelism. If you've been thinking about a podcast or you want to shift production and promotion to a team that's especially evangelist friendly, check out ringmaster.com. Their Connect, Engage, Scale program is designed for evangelist-powered podcasting for software and tech companies in the growth stage. Again, you can learn more at ringmaster.com. They're also the team behind this podcast. Speaking of chief evangelist, let's get back to it. You've got to create some aspect of your own uh, job description. I do agree completely, by the way, that organizations, most organizations would be totally open to the situation of, hey, we're missing this. I think I could do some work here. And whether it's, whether it's, you know, a situation like yours where you're changing departments and defining a role that straight didn't exist, or even just you know, dropping two of the things that you do on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter basis to pick up two new things that would be of even more value. And also, I think a a hallmark of good leadership is, you know, what actually brings you to life. Because obviously, when we're doing the things that we're good at, we enjoy doing, and that we're passionate about, we're bound to, A, overcommit, uh, which is a net benefit to the organization, and B, put more of ourselves into it. But um, as you had that conversation with a smart, accomplished marketing person, um, 
how did you define, and you said like, you know, you, pri- you define some buckets, you prioritize them. Talk a little bit about um, how kind of measurable were these activities? It was like success defined between the two of you as we need X number of warm sales handcuffs or something. Like how did you, where did you land in that process? It was a, okay, let's start with like, let's see what the first three months look like with these metrics, because we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know what this sales cycle could look like with having me as this liaison. It could move faster, could move slower, you know, I don't know. So should we, you know, there's not the back that's really being held with it because that's sales, but there is, there are the KPIs, there are the, um, you know, opportunities to create uh, that need to be had that are going to be in an enterprise focus. You know, they're going to be with people who are going to be top of the bottom. You know, that's the, where the goal is going to be. It's not going to be um, having these you know, getting a bunch of reps who are having a trial, right? Like, no, let's go straight up to who has pen in hand, that executive buyer. Let's go to that individual and let's have that conversation with them. Or, you know, let's build these champion relationships too with those who are really the driving force within the organization. Like, who's making changes within the organization? Who's pushing for change? I'm going to be your friend because you're going to go push things internally. Uh, you know, such a big thing. And so... Sitting down with Nina, we're, we're kind of brainstorming all of this because it was, let's go backwards a little bit. Because I had been doing this role, it was about two, about two months before she joined. So it was like, okay, I'm still kind of under sales because there wasn't a marketing leader at the time. So I'm trying to figure out what marketing is, really. Not knowing marketing at all, really. And uh, making up my own acronyms, basically. But still doing it because I know if I don't just try and get myself out there to figure out what this looks like, then, you know, I'm ultimately failing myself, but it's never failing because I'm, I was just trying to figure out what this, the measurement should be. So, you know, there's the social aspect of, okay, let's create enough content to where there's the brand awareness and showing up. So people are actually, there's, there's the inbound that's, flowing. And then let me go to also the people I've sold to previously. So let's build a list out of those people that I've chatted with who meet that ICP. Then let me go and work with the advisors, those that I specifically know who are in different channels or, you know, they're playing on TikTok and stuff and, you know, they're actually bringing value with what they're saying. I have no idea how TikTok even works. So let me go and talk to Leslie Vanessa who knows exactly how it works and she is great with it and who's an advisor who's a friend hey can you go like how do we work together with your gtm strategy mine where our initiatives are right now and how do we how do we collaborate here like does that make sense for you can we collaborate here uh, gtm fund being another one you know how can we collaborate with some of the people that y'all have internally and having those conversations with you know founders of gtm fund you know those kind of things it's like who am I to be having those conversations? I can't think that way, right? Like I have to remember that this position is one that is very much so top of the funnel and driving it's relationship driven, relationship driven, relationship driven. You know, that is the key to all of it. So knowing that if I did not put metrics on things though, I was going to be in a position of being stagnant of, okay, 
I needed that it, the sales mind in me and the sales just drive still, you know, it's still there. So I needed something to strive for. And I, I made that really apparent too. I'm like, okay, but what do I get if I do this? You know, <laughs> so there had to be that conversation, which is always a little tricky to navigate, but we landed on, okay, based off of this list that's created of people that I've sold to previously, the match ICP, the advisors that I can collaborate with, who uh, I know their networks are going to be driving some things, you know, and they could help with some handoff things that me intros to our, our sales side, um, and through community as well, and having previous partnerships with previous companies that was that, and knowing people internally at these communities and being able to just dive right in and selling well through them before. I'm like, okay, we landed on a number and we're like, okay, this is the amount of opportunities, enterprise opportunities with ICP that we need per month. And that's the goal. Here's per quarter. And then we're going to have quarterly bonuses as well. So, you know, just to dive right into saying numbers too, right? Like, I feel like that's something that people don't, they shy away from. Um, for me, it's okay. We're having 12 really great opportunities per quarter. Like we're having four months and it's, they're going to be top tier ones. You know, they're going to be the ones that are like, holy, that's a lot of land and expand we can do, or that's a lot of seats that we just sold right there. Um, and attribution being through evangelism and that being the lead source and the deal source um, overall and having that track too. So I would know, okay, this is what's working and what's not working. Because if you don't know what's working or what's not working, you're totally going just you know, all over the place. And that's where I was finding myself originally, all over the place, thinking, I, I feel like this is driving revenue, but I don't really know because I have no way of really tracking. So I'm like asking people all over, you know, because if you don't ask, you don't know. So I'm asking so many people, how are you tracking this? How are you doing this? And they're like, well, we have this platform. We have this system to do it. And I'm like, but I don't have that. So I'm on spreadsheets doing things. And thankfully, Mina shows up and she's like, oh, no, we do this, this, this. And I'm like, amazing. Thank you so much. This is making my life so much easier. And, you know, it's still figuring out what makes most sense with time. You know, time being our biggest asset that we have. Like, how in the world do we spend it? Where do we spend it? And knowing the the industry of AI right now being so fast paced and people asking so many questions and being so reactive to everything and not proactive, they're not proactively seeking the right uh, the right tool or how to actually do things in the very best way to enable their people to thrive instead of be you know confused in their boxes, right? They're confused in these boxes of like here, take GPT and just toss a bunch of stuff out and see what happens. And they're like, okay, and everyone's bashing people. And it's like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. There's a better way, people. Stop being so reactive. Just be proactive. And um, no, that's the spreading the good word part, too, of being able to say, okay, take a deep breath. Like, it's okay. And let's slow down a little bit before we speed up because we have to do that in order to actually make rational decisions, the ones that are going to make sense for the business as a whole. So you're not having to fire all the people that you decided to call growth at one point. And, you know, that was never for growth. That was just throwing a bunch of bodies in to clarify. But 
you're not having to go backwards and say, okay, sorry, you guys had to go because we didn't do things the right way at first. And then we bought a bunch of tools and now we don't have budget to do this. But now I think GPT can take your job. So you got to go. That's not the way things are going, right? So it's just the educational portion of things. And learning how to educate people in the very best way. So coming not from an educational background either, right? Like you said earlier, like there's not that background at all. Yeah. So I, I think it's really important for, um, you know, one of the keys around evangelism is it should be present where there is innovation. And the way that I'm hearing it or the way that I would say it based on what you shared there is where is there a conversation to be had that's interesting that could lead directly to a sales conversation? Perhaps not, but the innovation is adjacent to a problem that people don't know about or a problem that needs to be thought about, talked about, approached, and solved in a new and different way. Um, I think I think we would both agree that with regard to how do we practically apply generative AI, what are the consequences, good, bad, and ugly around it? Um, where are there things being exaggerated and misunderstood? Where's the reality? <laughs> what are other people doing? How are sales teams actually usefully, properly implementing uh, some AI driven solutions. And, and so you're, you're, you have a valuable conversation to be had with a lot of different people. And I can see how a lot of it would lead to a sales conversation in particular. I would love for you to give us just a few practical tips, kind of like whatever's top of mind. I think one of the, um, one of the subtleties, one of the arts, one of the IQ EQ intersections that I think you can uniquely speak to here is when you, Amelia, in the context of your evangelism role at Reggie are out in a community, it's called a Slack community or someplace else, yeah. um, or you're out on LinkedIn or in LinkedIn DMs, like how are you communicating with people? Um, what tips do you have to provoke? Because you're where I'm at in my head is you also have a very specific goal and you have some variable comp that is motivating you toward that goal. Um, so, you know, it, but, but there's also something unique about this evangelism role where you're not like hard pushing either. You're coming with a, would this be interesting to talk about? So you have this list of people that you're going out and engaging sure. with. Talk right. about the art, talk about the art of balancing. Like I have a, a motivation myself, like any salesperson does, but I'm also operating differently from a traditional salesperson. What's the art of engaging in a way to kind of test how far to go with a conversation or, you know, when we're going to make some asks yeah. when we're asking for that, Hey, is it, would you be interested in, you know, joining me and this other person who now we're removing the right. stage of the conversation out of like, this is interesting to know to might you like to buy something like there, there's just a lot there. And I know I didn't, fr I didn't frame that in a very specific way, but I think, you know, the spirit of what I'm asking here, like, how do you approach those conversations? How do you, what are you looking for in a response from somebody to know, Oh, you know, this seems, you know, not just a let's have a chat thing. This is some, this is actually, I'm qualifying this in some way to move it on or whatever. How do you think about all that? It is a, that's a great um, kind of last point that you made. It has, it has to be qualified, right? For me to bring sales in. I'm not going to uh, bring someone, loop someone else in and waste someone else's time when I can simply help this person by saying, hey, here's what you need. Like I can give you 15 minute little walkthrough of like how you can do things. And I can help you in that regard. You're going to remember me for being able to help you. And let's say you, that you are the VP of sales, some massive organization one day. 
I hope you remember me because I helped you just simply because they took time to do so, even if you're not my ICP, right? And there's then I hope the referral comes from that. And I hope that, you know, we become friends and I can cheer for you when you are showing up on LinkedIn and you, you know, we show up on each other's content and stuff like that. And um, that being such a big thing. But I, for me, here's a great like example for um, me do one one for Slack and a community and then one for LinkedIn. So I will never put initially in LinkedIn on a message, first message, I will never put a CTA at all. Um, or I will never put my calendar link. Switch gears and Slack, I will always add my calendar link, which is interesting. Um, but I feel like Slack is so laid back. I mean, I, in my opinion, we think about all the chats that we have internally with our companies that we're with, you know, it's like goofy emojis and like whatever we're saying and things like that. And we're just like, it's just conversations depending on the channel and we're just talking. So if I show up in that approach and look up the person first and foremost, same as that community, okay, great. This person's qualified, they're at this company, they meet the ICB or they're a champion, you know, internally where it feels so this or they're asking the question that is going to be something that I know I can help them with. Or maybe I'm just tagging the right person who can help them as well for the sheer fact that, like, they know more than I do. And they're asking something where they need help with a solution that I don't have. But I'm going to bridge that gap for them because that's evangelism, too. It's just helping spread the good word for others as well. So, like, evangelizing on others' behalf as well um, does a lot in communities, just as a total side note. But... I will send a message after I see someone say, for instance, hey, we're looking to implement um, our uh, GPT into our sales motion. Not quite sure exactly if this, you know, content creation should fall under marketing or sales. Our sales, um, our sales leaders are the ones who are creating the content right now, but we want our marketing to be more so um, involved in this and our content team that we're creating confusion. It's total confusion. It's like 18 different things said. And I'm like, okay, so let me first calm this person down because clearly this was said with like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just trying to figure it out. And so, hey, let me just shoot you a, a message real quick. I think I can help. And then I send them a message and it's, hey, so-and-so. Um, and then I will specifically say what they said. And I will, so it's, Okay, I heard you. I saw what you said. I listened. I read. You're trying to solve this. And then, so they, you want the, I mean, people want to be heard, right? They want to know, like, you're not just saying to them, I, um, I see that you're trying to do GPT stuff. You know, great. That's awesome. Like, I think I can help you. Let's jump on a call. Here's my calendar link. Like, please don't do that, people. Let's, let's, let's not do that. Be smarter with it, with going and using that EQ of saying, okay, and that IQ of saying, let me reiterate exactly what they said. Let me just put it verbatim, what they said right there. Um, I just commented on your post. Um, wanted to shoot you the DM, like I said. So you guys are doing this right now, trying to do this. And so here's what I'm thinking. Then it's a, I'm with Reggie, we're you know, a partner, hopefully, like, that's a good play if you're a partner with a community, within a community. Um, if you're not, so what? Still, you know, go for it. Yeah. But it's, um, I'm with Reggie. This is what we do. This is what we solve for. Um, if, 
you know, that thing, if you think it makes sense for us to have a quick chat, more than happy to simplify things for both of us because I know um, time is crazy right now. And here's my founder link. Feel free to just toss timeline. More than happy to be a soundboard if um, you're just trying to figure out two solutions and figure out the landscape and the lay of the land. And cheers. Take care. Also, um, just connected with you on LinkedIn or something. Love that pick. You know, something that they did as well where it's like a, hey, PS at the end. Just to show I'm human too. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not going to show up with ill intention. I because it is in a very intentional role. It is so intentional. You have to be intentional because it's the one to one. It's it's not a one to many. So it's not where you're going and blasting all these different people. It's this one to one sheer focus on this one individual at a time because that's how the relationships are formed in the very best way. And then there's other people who are looped in. And so that's an example for Slack that I'll do. Um, and if they're like, yeah, no, let's chat. I mean, there's, I would say close to half of the time, it's like, they're like, yeah, love it. Sounds great. Super excited to do that. Like, I've heard of you guys. Or it's like, not, I haven't heard of you, but this is what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, let's just, and it, sometimes it's just a soundboard kind of conversation. And I'm like, okay, well, let me do this. I, let me make you like a quick video that's like three minutes. Like, and I'll just give you a quick little like, boom, boom, boom. Here's best practices based off what you said and what your needs are because I don't want to waste time with a bunch of material that I can send them, right? That's, I could send all the guides, I could send all of the how-tos, and but it's not applicable to them. That's not what they were even looking for. So don't waste people's time. Send a quick video and showcasing exactly what their needs are less than three minutes or less than 10 for sure um people don't have time think about what kind of time you have during the day do you really attend all the webinars that you sign up for no i know i don't i mean they're on my calendar but do i do it no uh so think about that i mean people are going to attend everything that they say they're going to attend so doing something so simplified in a message and if they say they want to chat now i'm like Amazing. Let's do it. Give me a few minutes. Let me go see who I can give a snag over here on our side who is going to be best to really like dive into this based off of XYZ, what they specifically said. So going back to that specific need that they have. Um, LinkedIn is, I would say, more relationship driven in the sense of not being so lax about everything. You know, I think it's a, um, it's, I never send any kind of note with a connection. I, I don't see, I don't like when people do it to me, so I don't do it to other people. It kind of drives me crazy to press see more. And I'm like, why are we connecting? Just send me a message. Let's connect. And then, you know, it makes sense. Uh, but I will reach out and just, hey, awesome to connect with you. Love what you just shared. Like that spoke to me big time. Um, I've got two kids of my own and mine are driving me nuts. You know, something to where it's like, I'm human too. And I had one of the best calls with someone recently who we could not stop laughing because we were like, both of our kids ended up having conversations like the whole time. And I'm like, what's going on? And the kids are like having like a full blown adult conversation pretending to be us on this call. And I was like, of course, my kids are like, ah, I'm not, you know, and then she's like her son's like being so funny, trying to act like her. And I'm like that those are the kind of relationships that I want, like. Where it's just, okay, this is life and this is funny. And like, let's just laugh about it. Because if 
you bring out a little bit of emotion with people, there's a whole lot more that can be, you know, emotion drives decisions. It does. Like it, it provokes the intent to want to work with someone and the, I want to have this working relationship with you too. Like it's, it goes both ways. It's a, you know, it's two way street. And so provoking emotion in any way and being yourself, you're going to win so much more. And that's winning revenue. That's winning and the network that you create and the people who are in your corner and vice versa. Um, so much good stuff in there. You're absolutely speaking my language. I just want to plus up a couple of specific ideas in there. You may not be the right buyer, but if I treat you properly and I come with a spirit of service, um, you may refer me and I don't know, but I trust that that investment's going to be worth it. This idea of not sending all here are five case studies and here are two how to guides, but instead serving an individual human being, this idea that this is one-to-one -one engagement marketing is generally not that way. And even sales has become very much not that way as well. It's, I mean, if you're still shooting them out one-to-one, -one, but it's written for, you know, some generic yeah. template of a person. And so I so, so appreciate your approach, even closing there with the idea that, um, emotion drives decision. I think it's, it's a, it's a reality that most people would recognize, but very few people actually operationalize in the way that they're going to market. Amelia, this has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I would love to ask you something that I ask everyone, which is, um, what is something that you evangelize in your own personal life? Biggest thing for me that I'm evangelizing is one stair at a time, not the whole staircase. It is what is the next best step that you can make. And I am such a massive believer in it that I am like, okay, I am evangelizing this, this phrase because I know for myself, I can't jump from the bottom of the stairs to the very top. But if I, and I'll overwhelm myself and you have to unplug in order to like see things clearly. So like unplug, sit back, figure out what your next best step is and do so. Um, also, a time management is a really hard thing. I'm evangelizing that all the way. And that's just like a negative evangelism kind of thing, maybe. I don't really know. I don't know if that's a term, but we're gonna we're gonna declare it right now. Negative evangelism. <laughs> Backwards evangelism, if you will. But time management is hard. And in this role, it is difficult. And in life it's difficult. And knowing how to master that, but being putting that pride and ego away and saying, I'm going to master what it is that I am not good at and putting your faults out there too to people that you trust. Like you're going to win so much more. It's awesome. Uh, for people who have spent all this time with us, they probably want to connect with you on LinkedIn. Tell people where they should go to learn more about you, to connect with you, uh, to engage with you, and maybe even to talk generative yeah. AI in a sales and marketing context. Yes. Any, any contact, however you want to chat, let's chat. Um, under my LinkedIn, there's a, uh, I think it says personalized at scale. Click that 25 minutes. It's a, you know, kind of a talk shop, kind of whatever you, it is that you are looking to solve for, let's chat. Like I'm happy to be a soundboard. And if you are trying to just navigate these crazy seas of AI and you're like, where the hell do I start, Amelia? This is, I'm going to lose my mind because everyone's telling me to do this, this, this. I got you. It's okay. Let's talk about it. Let's, let, you're okay. I promise. And we'll work through it. Um, find me in communities. I'm in a lot of them, but I also leave a lot of them depending on if there's value, you know, 
I'm with them. Uh, you know, there's Pavilion. You can find me. You can find me, Bro Genius. You can find me. Um, and I'm on Instagram too. So I'm trying to really leverage that as well because I'm having really great connections through Instagram, which is an interesting channel that's unorthodox right now. But it's the fun one to play in too. Um, so find me on Instagram, but connect with me. Yeah. No, I. it's all about people first. That's the approach right now. Um, and it should always be that. So helping first and foremost. Thank you, Ethan. This has been a joy and a pleasure. And you are um, brilliant. So I'm, I love being able to learn from you too. So I mean, and then some, holy cow. It's very kind of you to say, it's very kind of you to spend this hour now with all of us. Um, really excited to share this one with people. She is Amelia Taylor, spelled exactly as you would probably guess on first try. I am Ethan Butte. Last name is spelled B-E. U-T-E. Hit us both up on LinkedIn. She mentioned that uh, that link right at the top of her profile. Reach out and engage with her. Uh, Amelia, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the kind words. Um, thank you for checking out Human Centered Communication, by the way. If anyone's listening and you want to check that out, there's a Wall Street Journal bestseller that I wrote with my friend Steve Passanelli, and you can get that absolutely free at bombbomb.com slash free book. That's the digital copy. If you prefer to read uh, a hardcover, you have to uh, go to your favorite place to get books, but it features tons of awesome people. I'm thinking of Lauren Bailey from Factor 8 and Girls Club. I'm thinking of Jacko Vanderkoy. I'm thinking of Matthew Sweezy who founded the uh, Web3 studio at Salesforce. There's tons of awesome people in there and lots of helpful ideas. So anyway, thanks for bringing that up, Amelia. Appreciate you. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So much fun. That wraps up this episode of Chief Evangelist. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to Ringmaster Conversational Marketing for helping bring these episodes to you. With any thoughts or questions about the Chief Evangelist role, message me on LinkedIn. I'm Ethan Butte, E-T-H-A-N-B-E-U-T-E. For show notes and more of these conversations, visit chiefevangelist.com.